Michelle McKenzie, and welcome to the WTF Podcast, where we demystify entrepreneurship and the fog around funding. My guest is Wale Mafaloshire, who is the co-founder and CEO of Giblify. Wale grew up in Nigeria before immigrating to Georgia to study computer science at Columbus State University. He and his team created Giblify to make giving easy and rewarding for generous people while helping nonprofits and churches reach a wider audience of donors. Givelify is now the most popular online and mobile giving platform with an easy donation app and a powerful donation management system. Over 1 million people have donated over $3 billion to over 55,000 churches, nonprofits, and other causes using Givelify. In this episode, we'll discuss how Wale struck out at raising VC capital, how he bootstrapped the growth of Givelify, why he thinks entrepreneurs should take VC funding if they can get it, and why it's important to put good out into the world. Wale, welcome to the WTF podcast. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. Uh, it's it's rare that I come into these conversations uh, uh, with uh, with a sense of somebody who focuses on a specific topic mm-hmm. that's near and dear to my heart, and so I'm super excited to 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 be here and to just chat about some of these issues and hopefully um, inspire some entrepreneur out there who's trying to figure out what am I going to do when the funding is not there, right? And how do yes, I yes, and I'm excited to get yeah. into that part. Yeah. Even though yeah. I talk a lot about funding, I think. A lot of us tend to forget in, you know what, let me save it for the conversation because it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) But let us start out by talking about what problem you're solving with Givelify. Yeah, so this started as, as you eloquently stated, as a a personal issue that I would have uh, moment after moment sitting in church and the offering plate would go by and I had nothing to put in it. Um, finding myself at fundraising functions. I joke a lot, like if you're a fundraiser prior to 2014, I was probably your worst nightmare because I would come to this your beautiful galas, enjoy the meal, watch your videos of the things you're trying to do with the funds that you raise. And I never showed up on your donor list. And the reason why I did not is not because I wasn't moved, I was stingy. It was just too many times I found myself in that situation without my checkbook. And without a way to give, and I would promise myself when I get home, I'll go online to their website and send them a gift. And you forget. One led to the other. Exactly. It never, it never happened. And in one of those moments, I was just like, I remember seeing an Apple commercial on television. There's an app for this and there's an app for that. And I asked myself, like, there's got to be an app for people like me who, like, will find these moments of inspirations where we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if we don't act in that moment, we lose that moment completely, right? Um, went to the app store, didn't find anything and thought, well, maybe I'll build something for myself. Um, and if nobody uses it, great, but at least for me, I could use it to help the relationship between me and my church. I no longer have to keep avoiding eye contact with my pastor because I think he hates me. Um, <laughs> docking out of church five minutes before the service is over because I don't want him to come and say hello to me, <laughs> right? Uh, all, those, all those things that you feel about yourself when you're not able to fulfill your heart desire of being a generous person. Um, 
So we, we built the app and uh, little did we know that uh, we're solving this problem, like you rightly said, for over at this point in time, pushing on almost 2 million people, uh, about $3.5 billion that they've given to churches and nonprofits that are near and dear to their heart. And uh, it's been a pleasure of a lifetime to know that we're in the middle of making that connection happen and helping people express what's already in their heart, the desire to be generous. And for us being able to just turn the, that desire into meaningful acts of generosity is something that I couldn't be more um, privileged to be a part of. So Wale, was Givelify pre-Cash App, Venmo, and those types of apps that are now currently available that allows people to sort of pay and move money really quickly? Or it's just not, those things are not very well suited to give in to an organization? So, so I would say Givelify, probably at the time that we were forming these ideas, those apps were in formation also. Uh, but we chose to be very, very disciplined in terms of solving one situation, right? And that situation was, it's in my heart to give, and I want something that allows me to be able to do it in the moment very quickly. And very importantly also tracks all my giving for me, right? So think about my giving portfolio. So at this time of the year, we're all probably thinking about April 15, that's coming soon, and we all have to file uh, these forms to Uncle Sam. And so, you know, he, he wants to reward you for being a generous person also, right? So there's one place I could go to have easy access to all of my given records. So I could also reap the benefits of being a generous person that Uncle Sam offers, right? And I guess your platform also makes it easy for the organizations as well in terms of record keeping to be able to, to file their taxes. Yo, definitely. For the definitely. <laughs> I mean, this was built from the ground up for the use case of I want to support a nonprofit, and then the nonprofits want to connect with more people like you and I. Uh, who give to them, but they also need records as well, right? So they okay. can file their taxes and make sure they're providing good records. So it's 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 a win-win situation that we've created for both sides, right? There's the person who wants to do more good. There's an organization who wants to take the money and be the conduit with which that more good gets into the world. Um, and this is, dare I say, the best way to get it done. And I also love the name, Givelify. How did you arrive at that name? Simply, it was an engineer's version of giving simplified, um, giving and then simplified simplified. and bring it together. And and, and then you end up with Givelify. And uh, when people tell me they love the name, I'm like, oh, wow. I was just appearing, applying a math formula to making a sentence. (laughs) And that's how I appeared there. So I, 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 I feel flattered when people say that. And so I'm enjoying the flattery right now, Michelle. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, it worked. It worked very well. So let's talk a little bit about global reach, 55,000 nonprofits. What's the span, the global span of those nonprofits? Are they mostly in the U.S. or are they also overseas? Uh, very good question. In the United States, we currently operate in the U.S. only, uh, but we have uh, 
we have some bitter tests going on in other parts of the world. I probably won't be able to get into details of that right now. That will be announcing very soon. And that's an organization that we you don't want to spill any early we tea have here? to do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I say you don't want to spill any early tea here. Uh, <laughs> let's let's keep it as a beta test. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So, but yeah, mostly those organizations are in the United States. And um, but here's what's what we find very interesting. Um, the people who are giving are from all over the world, even though the organizations are. So help us connect. So if the people who are giving are all over the world, how are you bringing those people to these organizations that are largely based here? How are they yeah. learning about these organizations to give to them? Because yeah. I can't give to you if I don't know about you. Definitely. And I think, so there's two sides of that. You have to know the organization. I think one thing that we've come to appreciate since this started as I just want to build an app to help my own giving. One thing I've come to appreciate is the power of trust in the relationship between somebody who donates and the organization that receives the donation. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we've been obsessing about. Yes, that trust could come from the organization, but could Givelify play a role in developing that trust also, right? Where it's not as there. You look at what's going on in, in the world today with the whole Ukrainian situation and people are like, hey, I, I want to help there, but I don't know where to direct my gifts to make the most impact. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we work tirelessly at Givelify to understand modern ways, modern ways of helping people feel confident that the organization that they're supporting is the right one that helps their heart desire deliver the impact that they're hopeful for. So how does Givelify actually bridge that trust gap? What do you do? Yeah. So a couple of different things that we have in our R&D right now that, again, I, I I, I, I'll dance around that a little bit. Here I go again, <laughs> trying to get I'll early tea. Yeah, yeah, I'll dance around that a little bit. Uh, but more importantly is when you go into the app, for example, right? So you're able to find any of the 1.9 million registered nonprofits in the United States, which would do a very good job at that. I do believe that when it comes to being able to find any nonprofit in the United States, dare I say, uh, our search engine is the best. Many people might even say that probably better even than Google's when it comes to nonprofits, ability to find nonprofits. Um, Listen, if you're going to say that, I'm going to need you to say it with your whole chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it, it is. And because that's something we've obsessed over the past, like the past few years and just how do we help people surface these nonprofits that don't necessarily make mainstream media, but yes, they're still doing amazing work, right? And so it's, it's again, we're not trying to solve it for restaurants. We're not trying to solve it for anything else. For us, it's just these organizations who try to put more good in the world. And we've gotten really, really, really good at it. Um, so Wale, I'm still trying to get at how... But I still have to get to Givelify. So Givelify has a great search engine. But how do I get to Givelify? Let's say I'm a generous giver. I want to put good out into the world. And I have a few extra bucks to do so with. 
how do I even know to go to Giveify to find these organizations? What brings me to Giveify? What brings me to Giveify is the sign under the sermons at my online church that says give ways to give, Givelify, and how to get there. And that's how I learned about Givelify. But how do other people learn about Givelify? People who are not connected with a church that uses Givelify as a way to give? And Givelify today, when you look at over a million people who are using the app, over 100,000 people on the App Store and Google Play combined have rated Givelify 4.9 stars out of five. Rarely does that happen with financial apps. Dare I say you might never see that. And so for us, when we say we have the best product out there, um, I recognize it's my job as founder and CEO to, to say that. Uh, but when the users say that on the App Store and Google Play and say, this is the best product, it's like those two things come together. It makes it very easy for me to say, yes, we do have the best product out there. And so those ratings help build the trust. And when people go to the app store looking for apps that could help them on their journey with generosity, uh, Givelify often founds itself as a preferred choice that people look into. Okay. I want to pivot a little. Sure. So I heard you on a podcast and you were talking about which is what I talk about, the difficulties of Black entrepreneurs trying to fundraise and how much more difficult it is for Black women because they have that double bias. Mm. And talking about the dismal stats, what are your thoughts on the state of the fundraising ecosystem and the need for more DEI in the ecosystem to sort of level the playing field? Yes, Michelle, that's, uh, and when I reflect on this as first as a black man, uh, second as an immigrant, um, I still have a level of appreciation that my odds are better than a black woman. You're pretty right. There's statistics that back that up. Exactly. So uh, believe it or not, I, I, I think I still have my own privilege in its own limited fashion, right? When you compare that to the struggles that women have when it comes to fund, funding. And so I, 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 I appreciate that I still don't have to deal with the barriers that women have. But the question is, how do we just eliminate all of these barriers completely and and be able that, to that support, Wally is the question right how do we eliminate this virus completely and, and be able to get to a place where you know brilliant minds can continue to change the world through innovation and through all the ways that they serve others and when I reflect on my own experience Thankfully, I had friends who knew me as a person who could say, hey, Wally, if no one else is willing to write you a check, we know you, we believe in you. And we might not be able to write you millions of dollars in check, but I can write you a check for $2,500 and I could give you a check for $5,000 and let's see how far that would go. How far can that take us? And I take this back to 
us as individuals, as we live our lives every day, right? What story and what image are we projecting to those who know us the best? One of the founders in my, on, on our circle of friends who got Givelify started, somebody was asking, so why did you decide to do this? And it was like, I knew Wally personally. And even if this turned out to be a bust, I knew he was gonna work his tail off and it has to be something catastrophic that would make it a bust. Wally and I have mutual friends that I only have taken the same gamble on. And, and for me, and I didn't realize that he was looking at me from that perspective. For me, I was just living my life. I was hardworking, honest, straight up, being a good friend. But the perception that the people around you, that you create to people around you, also really, really matters about being just a good person. I am speaking with Wale Mafolashiri, founder and CEO of Givelify, a top-rated donation app about the importance of having a supportive community that can rally to invest in you and your ideas when you fail to raise external capital. Because you just never know when you might need to turn that relationships into opportunities that are financially rewarding for everybody. Mm -hmm. So where I go with that story is, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of progress in the space today with people who understand us and they're saying, hey, because I understand the community, I understand the culture, I am willing to take that bigger risk in ways that people who are not as familiar with the communities and the culture, in ways that they're not able to. And for me, I think the more we continue to do that, the more opportunities we create for one another. And then the responsibility then becomes to whom much is given, much is, much expected. is expected. So you touched on quite a few things in that. So you talked about, you know, the very first stage of fundraising, friends, families, and maybe some fools who might be like, oh, took a chance on that guy. Um, and, and you're right. It's also about your network. But privilege also comes into play in that as well, right? Because you had the privilege of a great network of friends who believed in you were able to step in and fill that FFF gap for you. Whereas there are other people in the community that might not come from that background, right? And so that makes it very difficult to try and get a venture off the ground. And it's not taking anything away from those who have that background and who have been doing the work and who have been putting good out in the world. And, and that piece is important too, about being the kind of person that other people want to take a risk on, that other people are willing to put their money on and say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen with this thing, but I'm betting on this guy because I know this guy. I know what he can do, what he'll commit to, and that he's going to work really hard. And so I'm betting on him. The problem with that, when you take it into the larger ecosystem, is that 
Well, you don't have anyone to bet on you. <laughs> you don't have anyone to bet on you, right? Yeah. So you yeah. lose a lot of that, you know, because they don't know you. You're just this person standing in front of them. And they also come with their biases about who you might be versus who you actually are. And when you have a few minutes to pitch, you can't go through your whole backstory and be like, you know, I'm a really good guy. I'm a really hard worker. You know, you should bet on me because I'm good. No, that doesn't really quite work. Right. So it just makes things a little bit more difficult. And I appreciate your story in that. And if you can share a little bit more about that for our listeners, but Givelify has not, at least up to the point the last time I heard you speak, received any venture capital funding. Is that still the case? That is very true. We still haven't. Um, maybe we will in the future. I don't know. Uh, I, I say this, it's, it's the analogy I use here is imagine it was raining outside, Michelle, and uh, you saw a man with lots of umbrellas. And you're like, hey, can I just borrow an umbrella? It's raining outside. Can you just... Can I borrow an umbrella? And I was like, mm, Michelle, you look too risky. No umbrellas for you. Like, sorry, I can't. You're like, you an umbrella. <laughs> right. No umbrellas for you. And then it says, you know, nice spring day outside. It's a little bit of sun, chill. You don't need an umbrella. And then the same man comes back and says, hey, Michelle, here's an umbrella. <laughs> Please take one from me. And I feel like that's Givelify's story today because we get all of uh, these organizations that that reach out and, and are interested. Um, it's, to be honest with you, on a personal level, it's very flattering. Like the same people who, who all said no to you are now coming back and saying, hey, you know, let's, let's revisit the conversation. But um, often I said, look, I learned how to bootstrap because of your notes. And I've learned it so well <laughs> that I don't know any other life than this. And we've built a successful business bootstrapping. And so the pressure to go in that direction is just not there for us at all because mm -hmm. we, could, we could continue to grow the company. But I want to go back to your original question, Michelle, of what do you do when the network is not there? And I know exactly too well what you're talking about when, you, when you're pitching VCs done it, two, 300 VCs from Indianapolis to Austin, to San Francisco, to New York, Washington, DC. Trust me, I've pitched all of them. And my record is zero in probably 250. I own that record, I'm proud of it. Everybody said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your skin must be quite thick at this point, alligator thick. <laughs> Tell you what, uh, we'll, 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 that's another part of the conversation, but we'll get into that eventually. But when you go back to all the different reasons you hear for the no's, right? It's like, what are the friends and the family? Like, who are they? Like, who's come on board? And you have to say, yeah, my mom is an immigrant. Like, I, I came here as an immigrant. Like, I came here as a college student. I don't have that network I don't have that network like all my friends we all just graduated from college we're not making hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand dollar jobs we're just not there at that place 
but what I quickly came to realize is sometimes you might just be surprised that the gold, like there's a little bit of gold in places you least expect. Right? So I talk about the founder's circle. A lot of, some of them did not actually have the $2,500. It was a $2,500 limit on their credit cards that we put on the line. They must this really was, believe in you to take that kind of risk. That kind of risk. I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, but the mission was so compelling and the people behind it were so compelling that people were willing to take that risk, right? And I say this like, I remember that if you, I lived in Indianapolis at that point in time, and I remember we got to a point where it was like, okay, there's this contractor I'm working with. I need to figure out a way to pay him. Like, I'm like, I don't have anything at this point in time. All my bank accounts is in the negative. Credit cards are maxed out. And the only thing I had to my name at that point in time, other than the apartment I lived, was my car. And I looked at that car, I'm like, look, if I sold this car, I could probably got $20,000, $30,000 maybe. The next day was on cars.com. And if you're in Indianapolis, you can't get anywhere without a car. Right? Put on cars.com. Two weeks later, somebody writes me a check for the car. I'm able to like just keep things going. Um, and so what I've just figured out is sometimes when you just have that desire to keep going, it's amazing where solutions like come from. And I remember one of my friends are like, look, I promise you just give me that credit card so I could pay this bill. And in two weeks, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out a way to, uh, to at least pay something on the credit card so you can keep using it. I'm like, no, Wally, I got you. We're in this together. Let's make this happen. Um, now, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. Because at the same time, I remember like at the same time that I'm getting rejected, I'm looking at all the companies that are getting funded. And I'm like, wow, what am I doing wrong? And- Did you figure it out? Did I? <laughs> you, know, you know what's interesting is I was naive enough at that point in time <laughs> to not connect the dots. Um, yeah. So I think I, I think I was naive enough to not connect the dots at that point in time. And when I reflect on some of the conversations, I remember somebody told me, well, if I write you a check for half a million dollars, what's gonna stop you from getting on the plane and heading back to Nigeria tomorrow? And in that moment, I, I felt the need to explain all the reasons why that would never happen. But when I reflect back on that question several years later, I start to appreciate the, under, the undertones of what was being asked in that question. So I would say, honestly, a little bit of naivete helped me like develop thick skin in that situation um, that it was probably a gift, I don't know, but I think it all comes back to it, it doesn't have to be that way. Yes. The bootstrapping life is not cool. So yes, please take the money. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting so and take the money. It. So it, so let's be clear. You're not necessarily advocating that, oh, do not try 
and pursue other forms of funding, you can boot. I think bootstrapping is is what you do when you've knocked on all the doors and they didn't open and you know you have to move forward anyway because not getting a yes is not going to stop you because your purpose is bigger than that, right? But if you do exactly. have the opportunity to get absolutely funded, take it. Absolutely, take it. That's, take it. That's that position. life, that life, uh, it's fun when you look back at it a couple of years later, but in the middle of it, no. It's not fun. So please take the money. <laughs> but if it's folks. not there, if it's not there. You got to keep going anyway. You got to keep going anyways. I'm, there are pitfalls to, to, to everything, right? Including bootstrapping, just running out of money, having to sell your car, you know, all of these things. But I think that's the easy part. It's just the mental uncertainty of what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. That's probably the harder part. The harder part. And of all the things you have to worry about, the fact that it's like, I need to pay a bill and I don't know where the money is going to come from, is super hard. And that was the toughest part. Like mentally. And and, and then keep everything together to be able to still focus on the business. When you're like, "Uh, so. I've just come to appreciate in life that when you don't have a plan B, plan A finds a way of making itself work. Mm. When you don't have a plan B, plan A finds a way of making itself work. Noted. And I think for me, that's how I got through it. It was about how do I solve this deadline that is due tomorrow what do I have to do legally <laughs> yeah. to make that happen? Cross that hurdle, move to the next one. Yeah. Over the past few years, we've done a lot of research. I give lo and just understanding like what, what motivates people to give? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've partnered with some of the best academic institutions who studied this at an academic level. And we've hired some of the best you know, psychologists who, who research this stuff that we employ at Givelify at ourselves to try to understand this. Uh, we went as far as, you know, recruiting a few folks and taking cameras into their homes to talk about how giving shows up, what motivates it. And they were kind enough to actually even pull bank statements to show us like, here's what I'm talking about and here's how it shows up on my bank statements. And what we've quickly found out is innate to every human being, an adult human being, is the desire to do more good. Now, things get in the way. For example, you and I, we got to do this podcast today. After this, you have to go edit and get it ready and all of those good things. I have to get back to trying to figure out. This podcast is how I do put good into the world. There you go. (laughs) I'm doing good right now. You're doing good right now. Exactly. And, And to your point is like, from a given perspective, and I'll, I'll connect that to, to the good part shortly, but from a given perspective, like these desires are there. Mm. And it's just how can technology help us effortlessly turn it into acts of kindness and acts of generosity? So that's the money type of like, okay, I'm using my money to put good into the world. But let's talk about like, I'm using my knowledge to put good into the world. Michelle, I wish you were paying me a million dollars to be on this podcast or vice versa, 
Or I wish maybe you're so, you know you were charging thirty nine ninety nine a month to to get this wealth of knowledge by speaking to all the entrepreneurs. I was going through your library of episode, mm. all the entrepreneurs that you're talking. But this is information that you're putting out there that I know someday somebody's gonna hear this, and they're about to give up because tens of investors have told them no, this is not a viable idea. It's not investable, and they might hear one of your stories. And be like, you know what? This is that extra juice that I need to not give up on pursuing my dream. You've put more good into the world. And you might never hear from that person. True. Because you know what, Wale? I was just going to quit this podcast. And with that, I'm just going to keep on going. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will be that source of life for. Thank yeah. you for that. The podcast has just been saved. Yeah, there we go. This podcast wasn't going anywhere. You have too much good stuff. And with that, Wale, I will give you a final opportunity to talk about Givelify and tell the audience where they can engage with Givelify and how to find organizations that they care about who might be on the Givelify platform to support. One of the things I want to talk about also is we started uh, recently a series called Givelified Bravo Stories of Good. And it's our own way of going back into these communities to tell the stories of good that the organizations are doing. And so we take these our cameras in there, we capture these stories and we share with the world so the world can see the good that's happening, not just within Givelified, but in these communities as well. And it's one way that we're sowing back into the community to say, hey, it's not just that they're taking the money, but look at what they're doing with it. It's a very selfless way. It's Givelified Bravo Stories of Good. Very selfless thing that we're doing to just make sure the stories are being told. There you have it, folks. Givelify. Given, simplified. To learn more about Givelify, visit givelify.com or download the app in the App Store or on Google Play. If you enjoyed this episode, like it, rate it, review it, download it, and share it. Join me next Friday for a new episode on the Alive Podcast Network. And subscribe to get notifications on your favorite podcast streaming platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and more. If you'd like to be a guest or sponsor the podcast, send me an email to wheresthefunding at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Where's the Funding underscore podcast and follow me, your host, Michelle J. McKenzie on LinkedIn. Join me next Friday for another episode.